you're about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshigma, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Okay, so I will go in and out of my sermon and then I will answer some uh, questions um, as, as it goes along. Uh, so I'll keep my eye on that and then we'll pop it up there. But before we go, just want to give you something in the book of Genesis in chapter 12 and verse 1 to 4. I want to wrap something up as we go into next week. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1 to 4. Genesis chapter 12. And verse 1 to 4. The Lord said to Abraham, he says, uh, Get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. The first thing he said, he says, you need to get out first. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham did what? So, are you awake this morning? So Abraham did what? As the Lord had what? And Lot went with? And Abraham was what? When he what? When he departed from Haran. Go, go quickly with me to the book of Acts in chapter. The book of Acts in chapter 3. And I'm going to bulldoze through this. Peter and John went to the temple after afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was carried in. Was what? He was carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one who called the beautiful gate, so he could beg for from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intensely and Peter said, look at us. And the lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money. But Peter says, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Get up and walk. And Peter took the lame man by the right hand, helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Uh, we have spoken about right deeds for a great future. And as I go along, I probably will, will, will touch on this because there has to be right deeds in your emotions. There must be a right deeds of sowing in your finances. There must be a right deed of sowing in your devotion with God. These are the things that produce a right deed for a great future. And then we spoke about the purpose of the faces of our lives, which is the, the spring, the summer, the fall, and the winter. And then we, we, we spoke about the different faces of those that happen in life, 0 to 25, 26 to 41, 41 to 65, and 65 to legacy. Uh, and we spoke about people have to plug into the right season and at the right time. 
However, this morning, before I start entertaining questions, I want to talk, talk about what I call translates. Uh, sorry, sorry, transition. 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 Transition means a shift in position. You could see that every single season of those lives that we spoke about, the spring, the summer, the fall, and the winter, there has to be a transition. There needs to be a transition because the problem with many people is that they don't know when to transition. The Bible says that God spoke to Abraham, now is your time of transition. If I am going to bless you for the next season of your life, you have to move. Tap someone beside you, say, you've got to move now. <laughs> Come and tap someone, say, say, say to them, you've got to move in your mind. <laughs> tap their heads for a second. No, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> got to be a shifting. Many people don't know how to transition. Many people don't know why they should transition. Many people don't know when to transition. The question some people have, especially when they're in the middle of a transition, is how do I hold on to the old or lean into the new? How, how, how do I do that? Uh, and I just saw a question that someone put in there that uh, how do I actually stay uh, in the right season, in the right deeds? It's because you have to remember that there needs to be fluidity. Someone says, how do I keep doing the right things when I keep falling, and you keep doing the, you, the word is falling. You're falling because you do not know what season you're in. When you know what season you're in, you will not fall during the season that God has placed you in it. And sometimes when we even fall in a season, we're not falling in the season, we're actually growing in that season. Because what some people see as a fall is a growing session with God. That question is taking me out of, my, out of sync right now. Uh, listen to me. You need to recognize that there is always going to be a valley. And there's going to be a mountain. Nothing is reformed inside you on the mountain. All the work is done in the valley. Ah, I, I, I just miss someone right now. Because to someone else, I may be falling because I'm in a valley. It is in the valley that God brings a transition from one mountain to the next mountain. It is in the valley that I go through the valleys of the shadow of death. It is in the valley that while I'm there, I've got to know that God is with me. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? So, 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 I don't fall when I recognize that I'm in a valley, not because I made a mistake. I'm in a valley because God led me in that valley to the next mountain that I'm going. The Bible says, and Jesus was led into the wilderness. And many of us don't realize that sometimes God leads us into a wilderness. And it's in the wilderness that is, becomes probably the winter of our life for the season that we're in. But many of us keep falling because we don't even know what seasons of life we're in. 
And, 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 and we need to get to that particular stage where we start to understand that God is shifting us into different seasons and different aspects of our life. Now, I'm going to answer a question someone threw to me. I'm going to have to answer questions now. I've got, I've got to answer a question someone threw to me uh, last week. The, the lady or the guy walked up to me. I know, I know their gender clearly. I just don't want to. I just want to. I just want to uh, protect uh, uh, and make them comfortable. And, and said, how do I move on when I've acquired like a debt? So the, 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 the story really was that there are some children that have found themselves under the shadow or the cloud of the mistakes of their parents. This particular lady said to me that unbeknown to her, her mom or her dad, we know which one, uh, actually used their name in a company that she has no business dealing with. Therefore, for her to move into the next stage of her life becomes almost difficult. I know that I am the most unpopular pastor with many parents around. I know, I know, I know, I know. But they're going to thank me later on. I, I, honestly, many of your parents do not like me. They don't. But I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that because there has to be a radical in every single generation. Take your name off it. I'm going to repeat myself. Check every single aspect of your life. Sit down with your father or your mother, and says, I have nothing to do with this company, therefore I'm taking my name off it. Because you need to realize this thing. They, or my dad, or my parents, have lived their life. Oh, it's all set for you. Then give me the accounts. Let me look at what the company is doing. If I'm a director on that particular company, then I have to have a say in the company. If that's not going to happen, go to company's house and take your name off it. Don't be careful. And I'm also speaking to parents because I spoke last week about the legacy parents need to leave behind. Parents, try as much as possible. You see, I'm, I'm coming down now. Try as much as possible not to use your children's name for borrowing money. You are destroying their future already. Children at a particular age grow up. Don't allow your future to be mortgaged on foolishness sometimes. You need to be able to set yourself in a place where you can have a meaningful and respectful conversation with your parents and say, mom, dad, I can't take that loan in my name. Are you following what I'm saying? So that you do not, you're not laden with the burden of a debt, neither are you laden with the burden of your university debt, and then you are acquiring debt from your parents. Which means if you're living in a household 
where everything is open, there are some certain things that need to be yours. Your bank account is supposed to be private. Start to build a, 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 a legacy for your life. Someone say amen. amen. All right, let's throw some things up. What do I see here? Uh, how do I reconcile the fact that I've been doing the right deeds my entire life but still not where I want to be uh, and do what a Christian should do but I'm still behind? Okay, I, I kind of understand the question. Just, just leave that up. How do I feel? No. How do I reconcile the fact that I've been doing the right is Now, there, there, there are three questions that are in there that I need to understand. You won't know if you're doing the right deeds if you're marking your own script. Because when you were in university, I've said this so many times, I wrote a dissertation and I said 70. Clear. No demon in hell can do that. I said that when they marked it, they gave me 55. I'm not sure if it was a demon, or I'm not sure what I wrote. But when I now sat down with my professor, I started to argue with him. Like, no, this is this, 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 this. And he said something to me that made me feel stupid. He said to me, he says, you know, I've been doing this job for a very long time, as you have also been pastoring for a very long time. So if someone gives you their salmon note, you know they've done their best but it may not be the best that they can achieve. So you start to correct it. I said, uh, 55 is okay. <laughs> because I know clearly that most of the time, I've actually looked at someone notes and says, you can change this, you can change this, you can change this. So my first answer is, how do you know you're doing the right deeds? Find mentors around you and subject that thing to a stress test. You can't go through life just thinking I'm okay. How, and the reason why I answer that question is, how many times have people walked up to me and I said, how's your finances? Oh, pastor, it's fine. How much do you have in your savings? Oh, I've got this. Somebody said, I've got 15,000 pounds in their savings. My wife was there. I told my wife, I was out, I came back in. I said, so what was she? Said, my wife said, she's done pretty well. I said, okay, so how much has she got in the 15? She said, 15,000. I said, that's a monumental failure. She looked at me. And my wife looked at me. I said, this is a failure. How long have you been working for? Nine years. How much is your income? 1,600 pounds or 1,700 pounds. 1,700. Are you living alone? No, you're living with your parents. How much do you give your parents? My, my mom is cool. 1,700 pounds. How much is your transportation? How much is it? At the end of the day, I was able to save her 1,000 pounds a month. 1,000 pounds, 12,000. 12,000 times eight years. That is what? 96,000 pounds and you got 15,000 pounds and you're jumping up right deeds that's not a right deed so let me first answer that question by saying to you <laughs> and as I said 90% of you will never come to me with your finances but you'll be saying to yourself you're doing well you're not doing well and then when, when, when there's a demand for you to move to the next level you can't but you get depressed because you said, but I tried my best. Your best is according to how you marked yourself. Yeah. You can never succeed through life without having mentors. Yeah. Fight, they're all around. 
Then he went on to say, I've been my entire life. Because, uh, and that question can be loaded. Somebody may say, I'm a virgin. I've never slept with anyone. You understand? Both male and female are supposed to say, I'm a virgin, to be honest with you, not only the female. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't got a wife, I haven't got a husband. Yeah, you see, uh, it was part of my message, but I'm going to leave that for, for today. Sometimes you can be physically ready, but not mentally ready. This thing is no joke. Yes, I know many of us want to get married. But I, I ask my wife some questions sometimes when she comes to me. I say, why is this person getting married? Why do they want to? One, I see many people walk into my house or walk into my counseling room. and says, eh, I, I can't cook. We need to share the cooking. And I... I, 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 I I'm not bothered with your feminism. I am not. So far it suits both of you. But the thing I've started to find out is that you can't cook. You complain about going to work. And then you also claim about, you, you complain about intimacy. Why? What do you want to do? Then, you now want children. How? You can't cook for your husband. Okay, we, we resign. That's fine. Everybody can cook. No problem. Men cook. Are you going to starve your child? Or you're going to feed him with pizza express? Ask me the question. So, sometimes, and as I said, you may be physically ready, but not mentally ready. And if you want to know if you're mentally ready... Go and stay with people who have been or are going to where you want to go. I saw Tyler in this morning. I gave him a well hug. Welcome to fatherhood. Because last week I sent him a message. Ah, are you still on paternity leave? <laughs> I just missed the guy. But he's found out that life changes like that. And if you're not mentally prepared for it, you will not arrive at that destination. Yeah. So, the, so, 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 you, so you, 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 you can be doing things for your entire life and it doesn't happen. Number three, maybe you're doing things like that and things don't work out. You probably might need a bit of counseling and a bit of prayer to push some negative things out. But the truth of the matter really is, these things, every single thing I've said is also subject to assessment. Uh, which one should I pick right now? Another one. If you are at the age of 50 and have not prepared for your pension age, how, where do you start? Is it too late to do anything? No. And I, I, I'm hoping to God's grace that we may be able to deal with that partly on Sunday, but next week, Wednesday, because Sunday we have the property seven and all that kind of stuff. Wednesday, we will have questions and answers and integration, meaning if you need some counseling, if you need to, the, the guys who come, they will be ready to answer your question. But there's, you're never too late to start because I've said this to many people. I'm 50. My dad is 84. 80? It doesn't matter. Oh, I'm, fi- oh, I'm 52. Come on, let me reduce my age.
I've just applied to a place where you just have to just manage your age and you've just messed me up. So I'm 50. Around about. Plus or minus. Um, and my dad is 84 or 83 or something like that. 84. Which, and he's still healthy. So what you can do in 30 years You, are, you, are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? You still have to go 30 years to even get anywhere close to where he is. So why can't I start now? If I, I, I know, I'm not sure, Yemi can correct me, I'm sure that there are people who even get a mortgage now at 50. And, they can, and you can go 25 years because people are living longer. So even at 50 you can get a mortgage and you know in your mind you're setting it up for your children. So never make the age barrier to destroy your future. Because when we say we're 50, we're this, we retire too early. But we're praying to God, God, extend my life and give me good health. Why would God give you good health when you've already retired? Financially. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So yes, you can. How and when, well, uh, if you need personal counseling, if you need stuff, we can introduce that to you after next week, Wednesday, and find someone who is into pensions and who is into that scheme. You understand? I've got a guy that I want to introduce that, that could, could, could do that to. The fear that we have as a church is that we can introduce people to you, but we don't want to take the liability and responsibility for that. Are we all clear? I can bring guys here who can tell you what to do, you understand, and that they're okay. But when things go wrong, they start to say the church was in a scheme. I am not in any scheme. The best anyone has done to me that I've introduced someone to them is send me a bottle of wine. I don't drink. So I'm not in any scheme. So if we should bring anyone to you, it's to empower. Power you, but also you must take responsibility for your own life. So if you say put money in the stocks and shares and the stocks tank, don't call the church. Because you would have signed the risk labels in there. And when you don't have risk, which is called faith, you don't get anything from it. So yes, we can, but the whole responsibility lies with what? Don't go into business and call pastor. Don't sign it because when you were signed, you didn't give me any tithes and nothing out of it. And then you're now asking me, pastor, can you help me intervene? No, I don't do that anymore. But at 50, yes, you can. Which one am I looking at right now? Which one do you want me to answer? How do you feel... How do, how do you not feel despondent when you've gone past your season? Are you doing things you should have done 0 to 25 and 26 to 40? Brilliant and absolutely good question. Number one, 84. All you should think about is pastor's dad, 84. If you're despondent at 40, but you've still got another 40 years to live, you can find out that you have stopped trusting God to be able to go before you and make the crooked path straight. There are things that we have done that is wrong. 
And I shared this last week. That there are things in our lives that we are past it. You understand? But because of the things that we have done, it makes it easier. I use the example of children having us, having us have children late. But we, because our finances were right, even though we were having, or we're having children late, the burden of taking care of the children like someone who didn't have financial uh, stability is different from between you and between me. So, the question is, number one, those things and ages are guidelines. Can I say this clearly? Those ages are guidelines. Those are what you're supposed to be doing. Number two, those ages are also for legacy and teaching. So, it's not only about you, but you are also supposed to be able to teach others who are coming behind of what they're supposed to be doing at a certain period. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you can use your life and say to them, I wish I had known this then. Number three, I used this example. Abraham was 75 before God says, I want to change the trajectory of your life. God can use anything and any age to change the trajectory of your life and it could just be a prophecy. So God came to Abraham at 75 says, go. God is coming to you at 50 and saying to you, through Pastor Ty, through the message, through the prophetic word, change directions. And when you go before God and say, God, I've made mistakes. Now, help me. What you shouldn't do is keep digging a grave for yourself. Are you for And trying to rush things up. Because at 50, there are some certain things you're supposed to do. If you're trying to do what you're supposed to do at 50, at 26, you can ruin an entire generation. So you look at your wife, you look at your children and say, you guys are stopping me from moving forward. No, you need to understand that at this age, there's a certain things that you can do. It can help you for the mistakes of the past, but focus on the future and not the past. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because many times we will walk into a place and say, now I'm 45, I'm 50. Pastor has taught us. I need to sort out my life. And you will destroy your wife, you destroy your children. You pack your bags, you go to Ghana. You pack your bags, you go to Nigeria. You pack your bags, you go to India. You pack your bags, you go to Australia. You go everywhere and go so Because you're trying to do what you're supposed to do at 26. And packing your bags has no voice of God in it. You've got to ask God, God, what can I do? What do I need to do? And how can I do it? The voice of God is important for the next move of your life. Did you get that? Did you get that? The voice of God is important for any kind of move in your life. Because if you don't do that, you'll make a mistake. And those, and, and let me say this clearly. Those who are past 25, stop saying, oh, because I didn't do it from 0 to 25, well, I'm behind. You're now no. Get in front. Are you following what I'm saying? There are things you can do now that will take you in front. There is nobody, listen to me, nobody that has sat down to 
to do, and don't start coming to me because it's not an impartation. There's nobody that has come to me that has sat down with their finances that God has not blessed them. Those who haven't received more blessings is because they haven't used what I told them to do in the right way. People can stand up and give testimonies. I'll sit down with the family. I said, you need more money to do this, to do this, to do this. When that money comes in, you use it to clear this debt, clear this debt, clear this debt. Many of them either get a salary increase, a bonus, or they go out to do some extra jobs and they use that job to clear it and God starts to bless them. When you go on the right path, right things start to come to you. Next question. Let me ask, which other question have you highlighted? Uh, I have been struggling in my marriage and I feel like torture. My partner and I don't agree on anything. Can divorce help with right deeds? Let me, let me say this clearly. People have just said, wow, because you're not in that situation. Because before someone can say the only thing I can see right now is a divorce is because they have reached probably a time in their life where nothing is working. Where, and I've seen marriages, to be honest with you, where the man is completely useless or the woman is completely useless. There's no vision, there's no goal. One seemed to be able to say, let's do this. The other seemed to be on a different trajectory. And it pains me too, it hurts me too. Because many times, people don't realize that it is selfish for you to get married and not for you to be together, physically, spiritually, mentally, and financially. So, I'm going to say this to the young ones. Know why you are getting married. Let me talk to the men. Men, if you're promiscuous, please, don't marry. And someone just went away and said, Pastor said I shouldn't marry. (laughs) Because I'm promiscuous. Let me finish my sentence. So while you're still in your promiscuity, grace is far. And if you die, you're going straight to, you said that. (laughs) You're playing Russian roulette with your life. Because what you can do when two come together, 10,000 really flee. We have a warped idea why we're getting married. And I keep saying this. Internet cessation will kill your dreams quicker than you, have, than you arrive. So when you are about to come together and marry, there's some certain questions and habits that need to be formed. When those habits are not there, you're wasting your time. Do we think at the same financial level? Do we make decisions around the same level? Are we teachable? Is there anybody we are accountable to? These are very important things. Because when those things are not put in place, things start 
to go wrong. If you are now in that relationship, there is no way in heaven and on earth that I can recommend a divorce for you. I recommend that you go for counseling. Now the next thing someone says is, we've been for counseling and it hasn't worked. Your mindset in coming is to just mark the script. There's a difference. I know when people walk in, say, Pastor, we need counseling. No. You've taken that counseling as the last thing you want to do, saying that we've been to counseling with Pastor and it has not worked. It is because your mindset has said to you, you want to tick all the boxes before I make my decision, but you've already made the decision before you arrived. Because the same counseling that doesn't work for you has worked for someone else. Same person, same voice, same anointing. Counseling works. And if you don't want to come to pastor, find a marriage counselor. I don't care where you go. Because sometimes the voice of familiarity maybe doesn't hold weight. But find someone and listen. And do. Thank you. And do. Because what is occurring in your marriage sometimes is what has happened between 0 to 25. And those have to have a serious mind shift. Let's take for example, my wife and I were discussing this. The young ones that we're building up, parents that we're building up right now. We don't tell them to cook. We don't tell them to clean because we want them to pass their GCSEs. After you get to university, that's zero. No, University is a leveler. Doesn't matter where you got 65 A stars. Your uni is uni. No one cares. No. How many people in uni have you walked up to say, What A stars did you get? <laughs> that is where we start to see that life skills before become more important than academics. So here we are. Here is even better. I'm going to go to my wife's country a bit. Here is even better because sometimes they have to do stuff. But now the generation we're raising up, even when I see from my wife's country, they have a cook. So the girl goes up, never to see mom cook, they have a cook. They're cooking, everything is being cooked for them. And then she gets married and the guy is saying, what are we eating? Uh, when you come, before you come home, uh, uh, can you pick up uh, uh, Cocoa Pops? Can you pick up uh, uh, granola? Can you pick up, you, 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 you know? And, and, and before you married, you didn't ask the question, where is this guy coming from? Where is this woman coming from? And can I accommodate this? Are you following what I'm saying? These questions are not asked. There's nobody that I, thank God I, I'm, I'm married, but even if I was still young right now, I... The fact that I cooked for you the first time doesn't mean I will be cooking. I don't cook. I don't cook. And it's not a male chauvinistic thing. It's not. There's no pride in me saying to my wife, I don't cook. There's there's nothing. I do other stuff in the house. I just don't cook. Now, if you don't marry me because I don't cook, you will miss 98% of what God is bringing to you. But we had that discussion. I don't cook because I can't keep eating McDonald's. When I can eat a Michelin star, five star food. 
You are good. That is, you are fantastic. You are brilliant. I will love you. I will pay for your hands to cook, but I don't cook. So, if she's traveling, I'm saying, is the fridge stocked? My demands are not high. Just once a day. Granola in the morning. Good meal in the afternoon. Finished. But these questions were asked. And she asked me, do you cheat? Where is your phone? Do I have access to everything you have? These questions are not asked before time. When we're getting married, during the wedding is a very good time to know if you're together. Because when I say we can't do something, no, I'm going to do it. You start to have differences in opinion. It's a time you should put everything on hold and see if you are compatible. So, divorce? No. Because many of us think divorce will solve the the issue. I know they're giving me the signal that I'm wasting too much time on this. But let me say this. Even in divorce, you still won't have the peace that you're looking for. Ask from people who, if they had the right atmosphere, they would have made the different choice. Because especially if you have children, these things don't just go away like that. And it's the children that bear the brunt of it. So I'm begging you. Because maybe the life that God is leading you is to invest in your children to make them greater than you are. And you may truncate their destiny by making that decision. Seek right counseling. Number, how important, how, there's there's someone highlighted, how important is it to be influential in the secular world while maintaining our faith? When you take God out of the equation, your entire purpose in life is zero. Pastor, what do you mean like that? Make a decision today. Am I a Christian or not a Christian? If you're not a Christian, would you be successful? Absolutely. In fact, maybe more than a Christian because the devil will give it to you free of charge. You can open your skin. You can wear hot pads. And people will buy. I should use expose yourself. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a KJV guy. And people will buy your album. It's simple. You can expose your entire frontal anatomy. And everybody will. And you can release in. Show your torso and just wear a Calvin Klein pants. And they will buy your stuff. It's free of charge. You don't need to struggle with it. It's talent. You will compromise. You can get to the workplace and men, female or something, sleep your way up to the top. It's fine. There's no problem. But you've chosen to, 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 to follow the devil and follow mammon. But if you're going to follow Christ, you've got to make a choice decision. That I'm going to follow the purpose of God for my life. 
And that as God increases me, I need to know that it is Him who gave me the power. Because what God will make you and the people who will bring you across, it must always be at the back of your mind that it is God that brought you there for a reason. I don't have a problem with influencers. I really don't. But where I have a problem with is Christians who are devilish influencers. What are you doing? What are you doing? My, my wife has said to many of you, because what I would have responded to your, to your Instagram, you would not like it. I'll put it there. This is pastor. <laughs> this guy did a, a, a documentary. What's his name? He did a documentary. did a documentary on Spark Nation. A documentary on... What's his name? Reggie Yates. Brilliant! Reggie. Brilliant. Because I, I like the guy. He's balanced. He shows this is the reality. And then the last one I watched was about influencers. And seriously, one thing that touched me, he says, you're li- one guy he interviewed says, you're living your entire life as someone else and not you for the millions of people that are following you. It, they said, it cannot be you. you it's, it's not possible that you wake up every morning and that is you. So people are doing uh, 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 operations and all that kind of stuff. And 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds are looking at that and they are depressed by your influence. So if God gives you 24,000 followers, 200,000 followers, don't make the followers the basis of your message. Make God the basis of your message so that some will unfollow you. Because they unfollowed Jesus also. And Jesus looked around and said, do you also want to go? But if your message is so much that it doesn't challenge and help people get to the place of great esteem, that honesty is being produced in there, that, that means everything God has given you and the platform God has given you, you're using it for the devil. Next question. How many more minutes do I have? You said I should round up. Yes, I do. Give me one more question. Oh, it's not there. Who has a question? Uh, are these right deeds supposed to be a mark of success? Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you're scrolling through. You, you, you want to pick one? How do you get ready when you don't feel ready? How do you get ready when you don't feel ready? I'm going to close with that. There are some certain places where you're never ready. And if you're ever ready, you don't need God. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that the preparation is from man, but the the disposing thereof is of the Lord. Do you know what kills most of us is what is called the familiar. 
In fact, what you should get destroyed in your life is I know. You know, I don't know helps you to go to higher heights than I know. Because when you don't know, you become curious to get there. When you know, you stay where you are. When I woke up, this, when I walked into the leaders' meeting this morning, what did I say? I said, I don't know how the service is going to go, which allows me to lean so much on God. I say, God, take the lead. Did I not prepare? I prepared for a message. See? See, my message is stop systems support. I haven't even preached one out of it. But at the same time, I still knew I wasn't ready. Something was saying to me, there's something more that God has. In fact, how we led prayer this morning, I didn't, it wasn't, that wasn't the way because I wanted to do it for five minutes and drop. So, be ready as much as you can, but you will never be ready for the vision that is bigger than you. Can you ever be ready for marriage? Mm, no, you can prepare for it, but you cannot be fully. <laughs> you can, but if you don't do what you need to do to get to a certain level, you will walk, you will sleepwalk yourself into a reality that can destroy you. Are you following what I'm saying? So my readiness is to ask questions. My readiness is to associate with people who are married. My readiness is even to associate with people who are divorced. Because you can learn more from failure than success. My, 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 my readiness is to observe my dad and my mom and not throw stones at them. And start to say, how can I make this better? But then many people say, as I said... So, I need to get the car, I need to get the house, I need to get the whole stuff before I can get married. Even if you have that, how would you learn from each other? You still won't prepare you enough. That is where faith comes into place. Faith and belief that I can do this. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? All right. I'll take the rest of the questions home. Can I get a mortgage at the age of 50? I answered that question. Yes, you can. Uh, if you're at the age of 50 and you have not prepared for your pension age, I've answered that question. How do you know? I have answered a lot of questions. Amen. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.com dot org dot uk alternatively call us on zero two zero seven four three five three nine three nine you can find us at the citadel worship tabernacle 131 st john's way n19 3rq archway london thank you for listening